Tech Talks in 20 focuses on the hottest technology topics and customer experience right now. When we talk tech, we cover everything from supercharging the customer experience with AI to composable CX to what's hot with bots. Plus, we reveal the data behind the latest customer and employee experience technology trends, all in about 20 minutes. Welcome to Tech Talks in 20. I'm Michael Logan. And I'm Ginger Conlon. Ginger, this week we have Joe Wheeler, CEO of CX Digital and the best-selling author of the Digital First Customer Experience to talk about how technology convergence is reinventing customer experience. Michael, he is also going to talk about how technology convergence is reinventing the service experience so completely that by 2030, it could look nothing like it does today. So let's jump in and find out what Joe has to say. Joe, welcome to Tech Talks in 20, and thanks for, for joining us. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and CX Digital? Yeah, absolutely. And great to be here with both of you. So I started a company many years ago called the Service Chain Institute with some Harvard Business School professors, Jim Eskett, Earl Sasser, Len Schlesinger, and CX Digital is a subsidiary of that. So I decided to write a book that looked at the impact that COVID-19 had on CX and just what we all experienced through lockdowns. And the result of that was this book that looked at the best practices of companies that had really seemed to figure out how to manage through COVID-19, which I call digital first leaders. And so CX Digital is our consulting firm that we uh, launched that supports that book in terms of implementing well all the things we learned from that. In the book, The Digital First Customer Experience, you talk about three C's driving change in CX, technology convergence, culture change, and competition. Give us a quick overview of each of those and how they impact each other. So culture, we're all experiencing it from the impact of COVID, the, the great resignation that's been talked about. And there's still some industries that still haven't recovered in terms of employment, as we all know. Convergence to me is interesting because it's a tricky topic. It's not just that there are a lot of new technologies. The question becomes is how do they relate to each other? So for example, generative AI and machine learning are obviously very important technologies. What's more interesting to me is what happens with that when you consider how fast edge computing is progressing and application networks and then and then think about 6G. So what my friends in the telecom industry tell me is that 6G, <laughs> you got to really think about this. It's not going to be like 30% faster than 5G. It'll be like 30 to 50 times faster. Think about in 2030, that type of performance. To me, this changes how brands just need to rethink CX design. And that's why we call the book Digital First, because if you're not thinking from a digital mindset, you're going to miss out. The last thing is competition. What I'll say about that, Ginger, is this idea that I learned from David Rogers from the Columbia Business School. He taught me this notion that in a digital first world, you're not just competing on a value proposition, which we're all used to. You're also competing uh, with a value network. And his example, which is a great one I put in the book, is, is when you look at Blockbuster and Netflix and the degree to which Netflix built such a powerful value network besides their value proposition it was just impossible for Blockbuster to reallocate those capital dollars. Even though they tried to imitate it, it was basically too little too late. And that combination of kind of culture change 
with competition and convergence really sets the table for how we need to rethink design in 2023 and beyond. When you, when you talk about all the things that are coming, I think most of us are barely grasping what AI has done already, and you're already throwing so much more on top of it. So let's dive deeper into what you mean by that. Let's, th- let's talk a little more about tech convergent. What technologies are already converging or will converge over the next several years that have the biggest impact on customer experience, which by the way, also includes employee experience for us? So two that I'm working with right now, a company that we're working with is Excel Technologies, and they're doing a great job of taking AI, generative AI specifically, and combining that to help create super call center agents. And they obviously work with the Genesis platform. And it's really powerful because they can drive up productivity of an agent to drive up first call resolution, better conversions. Those are practical ways that Gen AI are actually making a difference in customers' lives. A second one is I'm doing a lot of work right now with Retail Next. And what's interesting in the retail world is that retailers are realizing they have so much first-party data that they're starting to combine that data with what typically brand advertisers were, were, were doing and saying, can we converge these technologies so we can drive better conversions at the, at the point of consideration? So retail media networks, a new version of monetization that retailers are embracing, and companies like Walmart are really at the leading edge of this. Thinking about all that and what's coming reminds me of our recent research, which examined several horizon trends in customer experience. And one of them focuses on uh, experience orchestration, where organizations are going to try to contextualize nearly every interaction where they can. So how will this technology conversions support organizations' ability to orchestrate these more personalized experiences, not just in individual interactions, but also across that full journey? Yes, and this is why we like the Pointless platform so much, quite honestly, is because it's one of the few platforms that applies AI to be able to look at the full journey in an omni-channel way and be able to quickly get to root cause. One way will be the degree to which orchestration can help improve sales associate productivity. With permission-based data to be able to help that sales associate provide a better experience for the customer in almost real time will be a big deal. The second, maybe more obvious one is just taking costs out. With an idea of being able to see the full 360 journey across channels, you can understand when IVR is not being effective. We all love containment metrics, but we need to really rethink them if they start to de-optimize the whole experience, right? And then the third one is something we do a lot of with clients, A-B testing that quickly gets to proving which promotions or which kind of designs customers really value versus one that don't. So having an orchestration platform allows you to rapidly do A-B testing and create a test and learn culture that gets to better outcomes for both employees and customers. (laughs) So let's talk about bringing this stuff together. We're harnessing all these new technologies and at today's pace, it's such a rapid change, right? But it requires agility and experimentation. Can you talk a little bit about these attributes and why they're so important? Yes. One of the big insights from the book that we didn't have going in was the degree to which digital-first companies use personalization to create kind of a revenue growth flywheel. This is a big deal because what you notice in companies like Spotify or Lemonade, the insurance disruptor, is their investment in machine learning prepares them to create a platform by which it's self-reinforcing. They learn more about the customer, and with, with that learning, they're able to create more engagement, not just better conversions and things like that, 
but really build a different way of thinking of customer lifetime value. Here's the thing. <laughs> it takes both. You can't just go hire 90 engineers from Carnegie Mellon University in machine learning and get that. You have to have a culture that 90 engineers from Carnegie Mellon University are going to want to work there. <laughs> sure, you need to have great talent and understand technology, but you have to create a culture that makes them want to stay. And so it's that combination of culture and technology that you see in these digital first companies that achieve that flywheel. But once it's achieved, man, that keeps turning and it drives a lot of revenue. Would you say that the experimentation is the key to making that an exciting experience for well, everyone It's a great question. So one of, one of the real great features from Spotify is their discoverability. It's a feature by which they discover potential new music because their goal isn't just to give you, if you like the Beach Boys, of course, they might recommend a similar band, but they also want you to learn about a new podcast. So discoverability was built by engineers because they have a percentage of time that their developers can spend just pursuing different things on the side. And they started using it internally. This is a great feature. And it's one of the most powerful features in Spotify. That only happens of a culture where failure is accepted. There's permission to do your own kind of exploration, things like that. And if we know anything about this target employee population, they need agency. They want to work with companies that are having an impact. They don't suffer fools. And uh, so that culture piece is maybe the Achilles heel of, of companies that want to drive more machine learning outcomes. Along with creating that kind of culture and the comfort level of risk-taking, what are for CX professionals, especially those who are overseeing that CX tech stack, to increase their comfort level with that kind of risk, with adjusting the culture to be more agile and take on more experimentation? Yeah. Great question, Ginger. One is to do some benchmarking. Like one thing that's interesting, and I break tact a little bit with my peer group in the CX design world on this topic. But one of the things we learned from Semex, cement isn't something that jumps out here as a digital first leader, but that's an industry that hasn't seen a lot of productivity from digital investments over the last 20 years. But what Semex did is before they got started, they took their top 100 executives, they brought them to MIT for a week, and they taught them everything from blockchain to immersive design. They really did a deep soak in terms of what digital first technologies were all about. And that was informative before they dove into their agile-based customer discovery work to build what they called Semex Go, which it took them two years, but it reinvented the whole construction industry. One is go do some benchmarking. Go find out and embrace what these are. The second one, though, is to become a student of behavioral economics. Because at the end of the day, the best technology doesn't work if it doesn't shape consumer behavior. And being grounded in empathic-based design and behavioral economics in combination with learning about what's happening, I think are two pieces of advice I'd give to anyone working in the space right now. With all the hype around the new technologies, and there's a lot of hype about what's happening with the technologies as we move forward, what, in your opinion, is the reality around whether technology is replacing people or, or is it supporting people? <laughs> yeah, like uh, I read a lot of McKinsey and Bain and BCG reports on this topic. They'll basically say very similar things. Healthcare is going to see an increase in employee, right? That's because it's going to enable so much more uh, capacity. Retail and services tend to see job shrinkage over time. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, the answer is what's your brand promise? 
So the answer for any specific company around this topic is, of course, you want to be good managers of the cost base. And if you could find more efficiencies, then you owe that to your shareholders and your customers and employees to go after that. At the same time, you need to land on a design that is going to distinguish your brand. I've long time been a great customer of Expedia, but just had a terrible experience with that brand. And it strikes me as maybe they've doubled down on technology because on my life, I could not get a hold of a live person on this very important problem. And so at the end of the day, we can't forget what Charlotte Beers taught us many years ago. What makes a brand powerful is the emotional involvement of customers. <laughs> so if you could use technology to generate strong emotional involvement, fantastic. You know what I mean? That Expedia example is not a bad thing. Basically, customers will self-select out of their experience if they don't like it. I've got to just assume that's what their strategy is. So good for them. At the same time, we mustn't miss the lessons of Starbucks, who went so hard with their digital flywheel back in 2016 and 2017. They didn't anticipate the change that would happen in that their product mix in the marketplace and uh, pay for it from an employee loyalty standpoint, which they're working hard to fix with their reinvention plan. What is the link between AI and technology convergence? Yeah, so I mentioned that in terms of those five technologies that converge, machine learning and AI, especially ambient AI, what's really interesting to me is behavioral science around how people relate to technology. One of the examples I use is a great company called LifePod that's using AI to, to change the senior uh, experience in the home. So for caregivers and for patients, this is a technology that not only makes sure that senior people are taking their meds on time, that they're reminded when their nephew's got a birthday, that they want to give them a phone call, etc. is it also creates companionship. Seriously, the result of their pilot was many of them said, I just don't feel alone anymore. There's a lot of views you could take on that, right? It's not real companionship because it's a computer. At the same time, how can you argue with the positive emotional outcome that's happening for that person and the strong, powerful uh, impact is having for caregivers who now can drive up productivity and deliver a better care experience for their patients. So I think what's exciting about AI, ambient AI, especially in conversational AI, is what we miss, which is the power of machine learning isn't the machine, it's the learning. <laughs> so you can't take your experience with bots and technology today that will be like that in three years. Because the learning, it's curvilinear, right? It's not like we humans. It's going to get better and better as hallucinations decrease. The last thing I'll to say about this is, I think the biggest integration will be when 6G really starts to pop. It's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to turn your phone on and say, oh, welcome to the 6G network. It'll take until 2030 to be fully operational. But when that latency, Ginger, starts to become so low, all bets are off in terms of what we'll see in terms of designs in the future. To me, it's like the most exciting time to be in this business. Yeah, and it sounded like a prediction there, but I, I, can you give us one more? I think if we look ahead to like 2030, what is your one prediction around CX? What's it going to look like in 2030? Number one, the, the experience a company will deliver today will look very different in 2030, just because of everything we've just talked about. Like, think about healthcare for a second. Michael, imagine if you're a doctor was able to have a digital twin of you. And you could call him up and complain. He might say, listen, let me run a few treatment scenarios against your digital twin and see how you react. That's happening. They're building these things right now. So I think one thing to predict is that 
For sure, every experience delivered will be some combination of digital, human, and logistic, maybe robotic. And number two is uh, the reason why we call it digital first is because the way brands will begin to connect with their customers is digital. Even for retailers, so much more will begin in a digital standpoint. That's the context we have to go into 2030 understanding. And given that, how do you back into what the right combination of digital, human, and logistical types of elements really make sense? I opened this book with the story of Zoom Pizza, which we might remember Zoom had this idea of robotic AI-based pizza delivery, which was fantastic. But I remember reading and I thought, I like Domino's. They'd fix their quality problems. They got pizza to me about 30 minutes. I didn't really need it any faster. So we always have to ground these decisions in technology and What a customer care. Is there a customer segment big enough that if you delivered this, they pay you something that you could still make a margin on it? And can you really engage employees in a way that they get excited about your company and they want to stay there? You can answer those three questions. Whatever you become in 2030 will be still relevant to the marketplace, I think. Wow. And it can't be lost that you wrote a book about this. I think you should tell us a little bit about that before you go and how to get a hold of that. If you visit cxdigital.ai or visit Amazon, you can get a link to the book. Uh, It's gotten great feedback. Just so appreciative to all the case study companies from Amazon and Starbucks and all that I worked with. And there's three pieces to it. One, what we've talked about first, Ginger, talking about the business case around climate. We talk a little bit about what's driving changes. And then we go into these seven case studies in real detail where I really break it down in terms of right down to what's at the core of these companies and why they deliver such a great experience. And then the third piece, Michael, is a playbook. So how do you go from this into executing for your company and four chapters around building the business case, designing experience, and then how you scale that? So far, uh, I've got great feedback from our clients that are using it. That's fantastic. Joe, thank you so much. Thanks for giving us the hints on your book. Definitely check that out. Again, it's the Digital First Customer Experience. And thanks for sharing all your insight and predictions. It's such an exciting time to be in customer experience right now. We have so much more to look forward to. Well, Ginger, there is a lot to look forward to, according to Joe Wheeler. I think that we picked up some interesting insights as to what's coming next. AI increases the speed of interactions, but it also with permission-based personalization, it improves customer experience and reduces cost. And I think that's a huge piece to why we're big on AI right now and how we're going to get to that next step. What'd you pick up from today? He also talked about how technology convergence is enabling better personalization and it's creating a learning cycle where organizations, as they learn more about their customers from how they behave with this personalization, they can use that information to tighten the relationships even more, which increases revenue. And that means that this technology convergence is not only great for customer experience, but also a powerful business driver. As we close this week's episode of Tech Talks in 20, I want to thank everyone for listening and hope you were able to take something away from today's topic. Before we leave you, we want to remind you to be sure to take advantage of the resources listed below on Genesis.com. These expand on today's topic and will leave you with some additional information. Also, be sure to click subscribe to get notified of new episodes of the podcast and feel free to share with your colleagues. 
Again, thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Tech Talks in 20.